0: Welcome to People's Church Podcast. Good morning. I'm still lost in the song that Honey sang and some of the music of the morning. Uh, Beautiful, and the words are very powerful. You found your way through traffic today. Congratulations, you are the people that know how to drive. I trust you in finding addresses. That was an amazing song, the words. Can you imagine if you were Jesus' neighbor? I mean, in in Nazareth, the little town he grew up in. Can you imagine if down from his earthly father home, Joseph's little business, You lived there or maybe just across the little village street. Can you imagine that you got out there and you played some kind of local neighborhood games with them? Climbed the local hills. Just imagine that experience. Maybe there's even some times that you played some little tricks on the parents. or Just imagine what it might have been like to be a neighbor of Jesus. I think if you were, and you got to reflect back from a time later on when he reveals his full self, who he really is, and then demonstrated all the power to prove who he was, I think he'd be shocked to say, Oh, I grew up with that guy. Have you ever grown up with some people that a lot of people didn't expect things of? Maybe that was you. But they're the ones that really maybe went and built a pretty strong life. And when you write all the chapters together, when you're getting to the last chapters, this was a well-lived life. Would never maybe have expected it from them. Because maybe you knew them in that little chapter of life where things weren't going so good and where things were falling apart in their life. Have you ever been stuck in one of your own chapters of life? Where you know this isn't a good chapter. Often what we do with these little chapters, is we interpret them as the total picture. That Jesus that ran around with the neighborhood kids had fun, worked in his father's shop, learned the trade of carpentry, paid attention to those things in life. If you had met him then, you would think there's Joseph's son. But there came a time for those neighbors. There comes a time where they have to make a different decision about Jesus because all of a sudden they hear that this Jesus now has been doing these amazing miracles and that his teaching is so incredibly powerful and clear and practical and yet leaving us with all of the wonderful mysteries of God. Just imagine coming to that point where somebody who you had a file on this is the kid I played hide-and-seek with in the village this is the kid who we had a good dirt lump fight did anybody ever have dirt lump fights growing up because we did did you okay good did you win yeah never mind. there was a point of time where those neighbors had to make a decision about Jesus that was different than that chapter Jesus didn't do a miracle until his ministry began. It was all held in reserve as he grew up in a little village and not a very well-liked village. Sort of the backwoods kind of an idea. Just in a pretty normal fashion. We only get one little view of Jesus' upbringing and it's when he's twelve. And every year they would go to Jerusalem for the celebration of Passover. And when they would go home, they had launched on their way home. And it was about a day into it. And they realized Jesus wasn't with them. How can that happen? It was village journey. Everybody went. It was like, oh, he's probably hanging around with that family down there. He's. So Joseph and Mary had to return and they returned to Jerusalem and they searched him out and they finally found him in the temple and here he is at 12 years old in debate and discussion with the most learned of men. And these guys are amazed at him. One little glimpse they got of the specialness of who he was, 12 years old. And these guys are amazed at his understanding, at his wisdom, at his knowledge. You think about that. Just one little glimpse we got, and what did it show us? It showed us how much he was holding in reserve for the time appointed. And the power of who he was. Then there came the day that he goes into the wilderness. He's tempted for 40 days. While he literally has this exchange, He's, he's fasting for 40 days. And then Lucifer comes, tempts him. And the temptation was really about ways that he could avoid the cross. that he could avoid that which was set out by the Father. The temptations were about proving who you really are, like just go prove it to the world now. Don't do the cross to prove it. Jump off the pinnacle, the highest point of the temple, and let the angel save you before you hit the ground. Why would you wanna go through all that you're gonna go through for these kingdoms of the world? I will step back from them and give them to you. All you need to do is bow down. Then began the miracles as he exited the wilderness. And one of the first things to come up in this whole thing is where he goes back to his own his old hometown, the one that know to call him, "Hey Jesus, come play, come on, join us." Mm-hmm. The one whose door you would go knock on, can uh, can Jesus come out and play? Let me read you some scripture. In this particular scripture, we're talking, it's in Mark 6, 1 through 13, about Jesus' hometown visit. Jesus left that place and came to his hometown. His disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many who heard him were surprised. Now he's, they're experiencing his teaching for the first time. They've never heard him teach. He's never taught in the synagogue up to this moment. The revelation begins who he is. Where did this man get all this? What's this wisdom he's been given? What about the powerful acts accomplished through him, the miracles that we've heard about? What about those things? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't he Mary's son? And the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? I want you to notice something. They didn't say Joseph's son. They knew the story. They already knew the story that this baby was born to a virgin. It doesn't seem they really embraced it or engaged it, but they certainly knew it. They knew the story of angelic visits that night. They knew the story of the fleeing from what happened in Bethlehem, Ephrata, into Egypt until the rulers that sought his death died. They knew the story. They understood what Bethlehem was all about. They continued with their questions. Aren't his sisters here with us? They were repulsed by him and fell into sin. Jesus said to them, Prophets are honored everywhere except in their own hometowns, among their relatives, and in their own households. He was unable to do any miracles there except that he placed his hands on a few sick people and healed them. He was appalled by their disbelief. There's only two times that we find that word appalled or amazed in, another, in other versions um, that, that he was in absolutely stunned by this unbelief. Only two times do we find this kind of adjective used. Once is about unbelief. These are the people that grew up with Jesus. They had already formed the file for Jesus. But when the anointing of God was released through him, when his full godhood was brought into his walk and ministry, they couldn't refile. This is just Jesus. Sometimes we have hometown issues also when it comes to Jesus. Because you were raised with him. It's common. Yeah, Jesus. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I know Jesus. I've known Jesus all of my life, and sometimes that works against us because it puts hometown limits limits on our experience of Jesus, and really getting in touch with who he is. Faith, if it's going to work in your life, does not work the more complex it begins. It must move from complexity to simpleness. What Jesus' villagers, his mates he grew up with, had a problem with, was simply that their faith was entering into a complexity. How could this be? I know him. How can he teach like this? How can he heal? How can we see miracles? What's going on? And they couldn't move to what he was. By the way, you can actually bring limits on the growth of anybody by keeping them in the same file. The revelation of Jesus continued, but he was absolutely marveled. He marveled at their unbelief. He couldn't do anything because to them, they couldn't get past the fact that he was so common. Not recognizing that it was God becoming common that actually set the stage for us becoming uncommon. Interesting that the process needed for our own salvation, our own deliverance, our own eternal life with God was that he would become one of us, he would become common. So that you could become uncommon. It's hard to believe sometimes. When you think about it, here is God, the one that in Honey Song is so, demonstrably lifted up in the lyrics of that song How, how beautiful to think about all of these hundreds of billions of galaxies and it came from one word from God he spoke it into existence to think that that we ourselves are no accident on this planet but are born in purpose You can have a hometown belief, an unbelief issue. And then you start to erase how magnificent God really is. And that's what they were missing that day. That God had come amongst them. They actually had had the benefit that could have released, you would think, even greater faith. But it became a complexity. Because they had questions, several questions we've already read from the Scriptures. Isn't this, who is this? Isn't he? See, faith, if it's going to be powerful, it's not going to be powerful because it becomes more complex to you. It becomes powerful because it come, becomes more simple to you. Jesus put it best, of course, and he said, unless you have faith like this child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, what is a childlike faith? It doesn't say you had to be a child. It says you had to be childlike in your faith. If you don't have faith like this little one has, well, it's based on trust. Who he is, who he says he is. Your child trusts you because they understand you to be their dad, their mom. just simple and you can confuse it and you can make it a little bit more than it is but it is simple to them faith is moving to simplicity we often think it's moving to complexity if it is it's not good faith because all of these questions that we're making it complex for these guys was robbing them of what simple faith could have done. Wouldn't it be great if one of those neighbor old kids that grew up with them said, oh, Jesus, you know what? I knew, I, I knew you were a little odd and a little different. I knew it. Just think about that for a second. If somebody wanted in the crowd, say, I knew it and... I mean, I wouldn't have imagined that you were the Messiah. But, man, I got to grow up with you. The wonder wasn't there for them. The wonder. The wonder of God in the flesh. And their unbelief was great and it limited what could be done. It's hard to believe isn't it sometimes. yeah. Where's a, there's a story told about a little kid. He had ADD. So this little this little guy he's in grade one. He goes to school and the teacher had assigned them on Friday said hey all of you okay be prepared on Monday when you come to school to tell the story of what you did on the weekend. Wanna hear your story. So, she knew this little guy had ADD and that he liked to talk. Lots of energy. So she started with others in the class and they all told what they did on the weekend. Here's what we did on the weekend. Here's what we did on the weekend. And everybody's telling their stories about what they did. And then finally, he's the only one left and he's got his hand. Said, all right, all right, all right. Tell me what you did on the weekend. So little Jimmy. He says, "Well, Dad and I. We went fishing. And we caught seventy-five fish. And every one of them weighed seventy-five pounds." And the teachers. Knows he's known for this exaggeration and has not wanted to hear the story. So she thinks it's time to kind of balance things off. And so she says, Jimmy, really? Yes, it's the truth. So she said, Jimmy, look, if I told you that on the weekend I went for a hike and a great big grizzly bear came out and was about to swap my head right off the body but a little wee chihuahua dog comes out and attacks him and breaks his neck and rescues me jimmy what would you say to that is that true jimmy said yes that's my dog <laughs> wonder what is really possible well if it's just you and Jimmy limited but when it's you and Jesus he can take a sling and bring down a giant the wonder the wonder They had lost it. They didn't have it. They couldn't translate up to it. Familiarity. Have you made Jesus just something familiar? Have you just kind of maybe grown so around like comfort with Jesus in your own box that you really are not exercising faith, but you have forms of unbelief? You know, it's kind of funny, but you can have unbelief that kind of looks like this. It can be, yeah, I believe that Uh, you know, God loves everybody. But when it comes to you, you find it hard to believe that he loves you. You can believe that God would forgive anybody, but yet you struggle with your own sin. God, can you forgive this? Would you? Is it, I don't. You believe that God can interject power to any given situation and to bring that kid back home. You believe that, but in your situation, they're too hard, it's too long. See, unbelief comes in different packages like that where you can believe sort of the big thing but you can't believe that somehow in the application towards you that it can be as personal or direct or powerful as to really affect your life directly, to move your mountains. Oh, you believe you can move mountains, but you don't know if you really believe, well, yeah, move this mountain. It's too big. It's just not, I don't know. It's... Oh, you're making it complex. You're making it complex. It's simple. He is either who he says he is, who he proved himself to be, or he's not. The other time that Jesus was, he marveled, that word is used, he marveled. The other time that it says that he was just, wow, took back, like, it had to do with faith also. But it wasn't unbelief. Now we're talking about Belief. And it wasn't when Peter walked on water. It wasn't when they caught a boatload of fish. Here's the context. Let's read it together. It's in the scriptures. This amazing faith. When Jesus went to Capernaum, a centurion approached, pleading with him. Lord, my servant is flat on his back at home, paralyzed, and his suffering is awful. He has a medical condition by typically in a family of issues like palsy. And he's in great pain. A centurion is an interesting title. It means a captain, like an army captain. They had 100 soldiers under them, 100 Roman soldiers. The Romans, the Romans were amazingly, can we say, dictatorial and were very much militarily based in the way that they carried out their authority. This guy would have been enforcing Caesar's laws, rules, within the land of Palestine, Israel. They hated them, oh my gosh, they hated the Romans. Just like every other tribe that had been conquered or any other nation that had been conquered. And now a centurion, a captain of 100 soldiers who were involved in the enforcement of Caesar's law and that Caesar was a god. He approached. Jesus responds to this guy and he says, I'll come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I don't deserve you, I deserve to have you come under my roof. Now let's just stop right there. Wonder. Oh, the wonder. The wonder of a Chihuahua taking out a grizzly bear. Oh, the wonder. What was he in touch with that the hometown crowd missed? Oh, the wonder. That God in the flesh stands amongst us. Oh, the wonder. And he assesses his own situation before him and says, I know who you are. I, you, I am not worthy. You come into my roof. You, I, you just... See, I got a list, Lord. I've carried out Caesar's laws. I've carried out his things. I've... And you are the God of billions and hundreds of billions of galaxies all wonder this took Jesus completely aback here we'll read it Lord I don't deserve to have you come under my roof just say the word and my servant will be healed I'm a man under authority with soldiers under me I say to one, go, and he goes, Into another, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and the servant does it. When Jesus heard this, he was impressed and said to the people following him, I say to you with all seriousness that even in Israel, I haven't found faith like this. In all the people that are supposed to have faith, I haven't found faith like this. In all the people that had the best option, like my hometown crowd, to really have good faith. I haven't found faith like this. I say to you that there are many who will come from the east and west and sit down to eat with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. He's saying, you that have had the advantage, you've had the hometown court, the hometown ice, the hometown field, He's saying they will be thrown outside into the darkness. People there will be weeping and grinding their teeth. Jesus said to the centurion, go, it will be done for you just as you have believed. And his servant was healed that very moment. This is the only other time it speaks about him being absolutely just taken aback, amazed. Amazed. Once with unbelief. Once with belief. So simple, a centurion, without the years of education, without a great history of spiritual revelation, but someone whose faith has to come from a simple place if it's going to exist at all. He moves outside of the complexities that could have invaded the moment like, oh, it's just a Jewish rabbi. You know, I like the Jews. I built them a synagogue. You know, like, that's great. It's good to make peace with these guys. Makes means less conflict. Let's do that. Because he did. He had built them a synagogue. I mean, this is where he could have gone. You know, this is just, you know, a prophet in their midst. But what put him there was his love of a servant. And the most simplest approach to Jesus possible. Oh, he'd heard, I'm sure, about the miracles. There's no doubt about it because he reaches out to Jesus. He hears he's around the area. And so he definitely is gonna move into this to bring his request to Jesus. He's moving not towards complexity. He's moving to simplicity. What is it in your life that is making things far too complex? In your faith. Oh, but there's this part of this issue there. There's part of this problem. I mean, you don't get how bad this is. You don't understand all the little trails on this problem. You don't understand that's it been years in the building. You don't get that this is something that's been a yoke around my neck for like my life. What complexities are standing between you and the power of a simple faith exchange. And the wonder, you've lost the wonder. The thing that has captured you instead has been just the normal things of these mountains. What is stealing the wonder? It's amazing when you think about it. He invites us to be people of prayer. Do you really believe that when you pray, God hears you? Because simple faith does. Do you know you're walking into a room when you pray where his own blood, Jesus took his own blood and it is on the mercy seat in heaven, meaning this is where God hears your prayers and gives you mercy and brings answers to you in what he wants to do. Do you know that you have had, if you're a person of simple faith and just brought your prayers, you have had many prayers that God has attended to and brought to you that you have a historicity of God's action and his power both in small ways and maybe some in great ways. Chapters are being written as the wonder of Jesus is turned loose in your life. And instead of just the mountains creating themselves, Jesus shapes them in the way he wants them and he brings you into a new creation as he's building new creation through simple faith in your life. It's hard, it's funny, but it's hard to go to simple faith. Somehow we feel that for faith to be powerful, it must become complex. In actuality, it is simple faith. It has to be that like of a child. Some of you today don't think you're great people of faith. Maybe you're a good candidate for simple faith and leave out the definition of the complexities of it because the complexities are the things that rob you of the wonder of this. Have you forgotten the providence of God? That God is over all things and he directs our ways. That he's aware of you and your journey intimately. That in his providence he continues to lead you and guide you through life. Have you forgotten that? Because if you forget that and you are your own providence and you are gonna control all factors and not trust God, then you're gonna have a hard time having simple faith because you have all the complexities of your own control. Have you forgotten the faithfulness in history, Christian? Have you forgotten the many times that God's voice has come into your life to encourage you, strengthen you, bring peace to you, lift you up, challenge you? Have you forgotten the little in, in, little invasions of his spirit into your day? Have you forgotten the power of his word in your heart that once it's spoken and you grab it, it can lift you above any and every situation and cause you to rise above the challenges? that will certainly, if met alone, bring your faith into complexities. They sang that song this morning, I still believe. The wonder, I still believe. What happens often is we're Christians, we start with the wonder and then we move it into, oh yeah, that's the one that lives a house down Oh, don't forget the wonder. Reading just a few of this scriptures again. Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. That's wonder. Just say the word. That's authority. If you forget the wonder, you will forget the authority. But it was by his very own word that the whole world was created. Colossians chapter 1, very plain. You cannot get around it. He spoke the world into being. Genesis 1. He spoke the world, and God said this word, and let it be, and it does. God spoke, God spoke, God spoke, God spoke. Just one word. You say it just sounds too simple. When it's God, it is simple for Him. When it's you, everything is complex. I want you to think of a mountain you're up against in your life right now. One that stops your journey, it's stopping you cold. It's holding you back. You look at it and this is a big challenge. You know what this means? I mean, what we're facing right now in our family, what we're facing right now in my profession, what I'm facing right now in my business, what I'm facing right now in my money, what I'm facing right now in my health. Think about the mountain. Think about the mountain just for a minute. Now take God out of those thoughts. What are you left with? Take the wonder of Jesus out of that. What do you got? You've got you and a mountain. And you're going to build all kinds of complex plans to survive and get through. Oh, so much better that we would marvel him not with our unbelief, but marvel him, cause him to marvel because of our simpleness of our belief, a childlikeness that just says, I still believe. Just simply, you are the Lord. You have providentially led my life. You've been faithful in blessing me in so many ways in my life, all through my life. I understand that prayer is very effective because you have already paid the price for a place where prayers can reach the full heart and ears and wisdom of God. Now put that into the story. And things get simple. Because no longer is it just a focus on a mountain and you. It's a focus that transcends the mountain. It's a focus that goes to who he is. And he's not just the one two doors over that you were raised with as a kid. So familiar. Distance in faith can lead to complexity of faith because you get too familiar. Oh, and you lose the wonder. In 1 John 5, 4 and 5, it says this. For every child of God defeats this evil world. And we achieve this through this victory, through our faith. Everything the world's going to bring at you, everything everything that's resident within here, and for all of us, the things that oppose you are the same things that will oppose me. There's a likeness to that, because we have the same limitations in so many different ways. And he's saying we achieve victory through our faith. Well, what does that mean, and who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe, what? That Jesus is the Son of God, and that's what his neighbors that he grew up with couldn't go to. Even though they heard the teaching in their own ears. And they were saying, this is absolutely amazing teaching. Even though they saw the miracles, even with their own eyes, even though they knew there was something different about this whole story because they knew it from Bethlehem forward, they understood that story that had been told. Even though they had all of that, they couldn't go to this. And that's why they won't have the victory over the world. Or over death, or over hell. Who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. The Son of God. The Son of God. God in the flesh. God who comes into our life to rescue us and gives us his Holy Spirit. God who takes personal residence in you. If you can't believe that the Spirit was in Jesus, that they are one and the Father and him are one, then you can't believe that the Holy Spirit can come into your life. Jesus. used to be a song like that. Jesus, there's there's something about your name. Who is he to you? Has it become too much? He's two two doors down. He's the guy I go and knock and say, let's go play. Let's, let's, Let's go climb the hills. Let's go do a little hunt here. Who is he to you? Don't make him so common that you have lost who he is. You have the great privilege if you are a believer in Jesus Christ to experience the wonder of God. To let that unfold into your life. Don't be somebody that has him in your own little box and you're too familiar with it. Keep it fresh, and how do you do that? The centurion. Here was the remarkable thing about his story. He said it best. He said, I'm a man under authority. I'm a captain, I'm a lead. I, I I am a centurion. I have a hundred men under me. I tell one of them to go and they go. I tell one to do this, they do it. So I'm not worthy, wonder, to have you come to speak the word. First, the wonder. Faith that's anchored in the wonder. I can't believe I can actually come and ask you this. It's so hard, you know, how good it is for me to express this, this incredible wonder I have that I can come and I can pray to you. I can talk to you. I can make requests of you. That you know me and that you know me intimately. And Jesus is saying, this guy, I've not found this faith in all of those who have been raised had distance You have no excuse for not having great faith other than your own complexities. Great faith is not you becoming something that can convince God to do things. Great faith is acknowledging who he is, acknowledging Jesus, the wonder of it, and then keeping it simple and just saying, just speak the word. Let's stand together. Only those who believe that Jesus is the son of God can win this battle against the world. So if you're having trouble winning these battles against the world, what do you do? Get more complex in your faith? No, get more simple. What is getting more simple? This is the Son of God, folks. As we bow our heads before you, Lord, I pray that the wonder would begin to grip our hearts again. That Jesus, a very common name in that day and even in this day, which means Savior, Savior, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Christ, which means Messiah, King, is here. Not is he only just here. He has made himself available, Lord, for personal relationship with us, just through receiving you, putting our belief in Jesus, the Son of the living God, God in the flesh, And I pray, Lord God, that as Christians, many of us would be reminded of this incredible wonder that this is Jesus. (sighs) The most amazing thing, God in the flesh, is in our lives. My Lord. May we return to simplicity. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, Then you are just you in the mountain. That's your life. It's going to be you in the mountain and then you in the next mountain and then you in the next mountain. The wonder is that God loved you. He forgives you. He is one that extends to you mercy. And all you do is extend simple faith, just like a child receives things from their parents you receive the gift of salvation from Jesus. How do you do that simple prayer of faith? I'll help you in that as we close this service. Whether you're online or whether you're here in the auditorium, if you've never received Jesus Christ, I implore with you today, do not do life and certainly don't think you're prepared for eternity without the wonder of God in this world in you. You need him. And he's come to you through Jesus Christ who died for your sins, who was crucified so that you might live. And then he rose from the dead with the keys to hell and death. More or less, he's saying, I got it all, folks. I got the complete package and you get the gift if you want it. You want eternal life. You want to be forgiveness for every sin. And you want to have a God with you that just by a word speaks things into place. That's Jesus. You might be in relational traumas. Christian, non-Christian. You might be in all kinds of, uh, of fixes like that. Have simple faith. Just speak the word, Lord. Here's a little prayer for those who wish to receive Jesus. In the quietness of your own heart, you would say, Father in heaven. It is a hard thing to grasp that you are so close, that you have come and that you have literally died for my sins, you died my death. Judgment that was meant for me was carried out upon your son Jesus. I receive the gift of eternal life because Jesus Christ died for my sins, I can be forgiven them. I accept you into my life. I turn it over. Take the keys. Be my Savior, my King. Be Jesus, the Christ, in my life. And then, Lord, teach me to live in faith. Simplicity of believing in Jesus, the Son of God. Of God for the rest of us a prayer might be Jesus I'm so sorry that on the words of my lips in the thoughts in my mind you have become so common I'm so sorry for the complexities of my own arguments of my own types of ways of making things more confusing and not clear Lord, I want to move away from that kind of complexities I bring to every issue in my life and just go to simple faith. It's in the hands of Jesus. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today is what you're prepared for and I'll give you strength for today and you trust me with tomorrow. I I, I want to do that again, Lord. I need the wonder back. Jesus, God to me, the spirit in my life. I can't grasp it. But that's good. Because it maintains the wonder. Bless this congregation. Bless their hearts. Bless their families. And may they be blessed with the wonder of the Lord Jesus Christ. May they continue to grow in him by the practice of their faith, which is where greatness of faith is found. Not in some knowledge, hidden little clues, but just in the simple faith put into practice. May their faith grow exponentially in this practice and bless the world, bless their world, bless through them, bless their families, bless their marriages, bless their businesses, bless their health, bless them, Lord, because you are our Lord of wonder. And we thank you for it. And we leave, Lord, this place with some words on our lips that are restored again. How marvelous. The beauty of our Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you find this program helpful or would like to learn more, please give us a call 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com.